0: Here we are again on demand with a message about your friends. That's right. I want to talk about your friends today and how they impact your life. This message will help you take a good look at the people in your life and decide, are they helping you or are they hindering you? It's a good, wonderful, simple message that will bless your life. Enjoy it. I'll see you in just a few minutes. Enjoy today's message. Repeat the talk with me, please. Say dreaming a dream. Come on, say dreaming an impossible dream in this season of your life. Everybody has something they start out with, some dream, some ambition, some plan. The problem is sometimes what happens over time is they don't get there. And that is amazingly sad. You know, you you see it in their eyes. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they tell you, and then you you have this realization as they get older that this is not going to happen. I'm I'm not going to... play in the NBA. I'm not going to be in the NFL. I'm not going to have whatever job. I'm not going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30 because I'm 29 and a half and it doesn't look good. And so there are moments when the dream you had in mind doesn't happen. Now the question is why? Sometimes it's it's a bad dream. There are things I wanted to do in my life um, that it's a good dream for somebody else but it's not a dream that I should have for me. And so God's challenge sometimes is getting me to see a bigger dream. Uh, there are things that intimidated me when I was younger uh, be, because I just wasn't around it. A money did. Isn't it? And I'll do a series in May. I'm going to do a series in May on money called Dreaming About My Money. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But I, I, I just um, I, I, wasn't comfortable. I, I, and a lot of people are not comfortable with money. They're not comfortable with... Uh, responsibility i never saw myself as a public speaker i never saw myself as a person who could teach people how to live life this is all a surprise to me completely out of my wheelhouse in my mind and so god looks at me looked at me and says he's dreaming too small he can touch millions of people but he doesn't believe it He he can speak he can communicate he can write he can go to school he can he can be really educated but he's he's afraid of school he's He's not really afraid, afraid, but he just doesn't know what's in him. And so the challenge is to get him from here to there, to wake him up, to give him experiences and exposures. He's got to meet people. He's gotta, he, can't meet, he can't meet people who look like him. He can't just hang around all African-Americans, and, and he can't hang around just Americans, and he can't just hang around people his age. He can't just hang around people in, in California or in the South. He, I have to get him around people who will challenge him to think differently. Because his dream is too small. And so I, there, there is a, a moment in life when God stretches your dream and pushes you. They call it, IBM used to call it this, uh, well, not IBM. It was um, called Stretch Vision. Um, uh, Jack Warner, what's his name? Jack, 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 this guy. Well, yeah, it talked about, you know, when he went there, I think it was G, he said, you know, I need, I need, I need, instead of saying I want a million, I want to get three million I'll probably get to a million and a half. I'll get beyond whatever I want. Uh, I mean, I get all I want. But why am I dreaming only about a million? I need, No, I want three to go a million and a half. Let me see if I can stretch the vision. And, and there, there are some times in your life when God's trying to get you to that stretch place. For you, college is doing that for some of you. I, I never thought I could read as much as I read because I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to read a book. I didn't know how to read books, plural, at one time. I didn't understand how to study. And Part of my challenge in college was study habits. I had poor study habits. I didn't understand the power of time, sitting at the table not moving, cutting off your phone. Nope, not talking. There's there's something about, and then when you start getting tired, walk around, you know, spin around, dance a little bit, cut some music on, jam a little bit, and go back to it. There's something about the way my brain works. Once I start to understand how my brain works, and I realize that I'm I'm not crazy, I'm okay, I just need to know how this works how my emotions work, how my, my confidence works or doesn't work. And once I start understanding myself, I did better. I, I learned that I, I'm better if I'm early. I'm better if I take a lunch. That's a simple thing, isn't it? I snack. Sometimes I wasn't, I wasn't um, out of my mind. I just was hungry. So I keep, I keep nuts. I'll tell you, I'm a snack guy. I keep stuff around all the time. I got food all the time. I always have food. I have snacks in my bag, snacks, because I, I, I learned that I'm cranky without it. And, and I, I grabbed a banana on the way out the door. I keep, see, I keep stuff in reach, always. And there's something about understanding yourself. I don't do well with strife. I don't do well with, I don't do well with certain things. There's certain things that, that don't go well for me. And so I, I've learned that my dreams sometimes are hindered because I am in a place it's impossible for God to give me what I want because of the way I'm thinking at a certain season. So for some of you, you'll never have right. You'll never be in love with anybody. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to, your love life dreams are over. Forget it. This is all, it's a fantasy book because you cuss everybody you, you love. You fight everybody. You, you insult people. You demean people. You, you, you have ways that work against having a healthy working relationship. Who would want to be your business partner? You don't pay your bills. You borrow money, you don't pay back. You never intend to pay anybody back. For you, you assume it's your money. It's hilarious. You, you want to move in and not, not pay anything. You don't want to help with any bill or any responsibility. And that's, that's how you've done the last five places you stayed. And so because you do that, your kids don't want to talk to you. Because every time they call you, you tell, them, they, you tell them what's wrong with them. Well, let's call mom and get a How Awful I Am update. Why would I call dad? Why would I visit? Why would I want to be in, in, interact with you at all, at all, if I think you are not good for me? And so it's impossible to have friends. It's impossible. Who wants to be your friend? And so coming to that realization is a powerfully awakening moment. And so in our study today, I want to talk about two words that can help you kind of work through this. Repeat the word when we say unrested Unrested. and and rebellious. Okay, two words, right? Here's my argument. You are having a dream that's impossible because you're not rested. You've never experienced God's rest. God has a rest, he says, for the people of God and I argue that you haven't experienced it and the rest is God's best gift to your life. God's best for your life. You've never experienced that. Your life is always in upheaval, always, always tossed up, always just like a salad. It's always up in the air. And then I want to argue that part of the reason for that unrest is rebellion. I say that you could tend to potentially be a tired person. Look at your neighbor and say, are you tired? Come on, ask them, sir, are you tired? Yeah. I, I argue that you could be tired. Ready? And secondly, I argue that you could be a rebellious person. This, obeying God is linked to rest. Obedience. There's something about that point. A friend of mine sang a song years ago. I said, I've said this so many times. I said, "Girl, what'd you sing? She said, I sang it at a church, and she sang that song. I said, well, "Sing it to me." And she sang it, and she said, "Trust and obey." I, I never heard the words to the song till so she sang it. Trust and obey. The only way to be happy in Jesus is to do what? Trust and obey. And I, I, I got it. I, and when she sang it over the phone, they connected. There's a link between obedience, trusting God, and happiness. All that flows together. And so the question is, are you a stubborn person, which is what rebellion means? Rebellious means. Are you the kind of person who's always at war? Are you the kind of person who's always in some kind of resistant position? On your job, you're always the person who's raising your hand, opposing. You're always the person, no matter what, you're always the opposite and so, are you basically living in this constant state of unrest because you are basically, lovingly said here, with grace, a rebellious person? And you might go, no, I don't know about that, I don't know about that, but here's what I want you to consider. I believe that rebellion is a slow road. I call it the slow road to rebellion. And, and it kind of flows through disobedience and it ends up being fatigued. In other words, a person who is on the road to rebellion... That person will manifest disobedience. They won't do the right things. And then you'll see it because they're always tired. Tired of this person, tired of that person, complaining about this. Life's always awful. And that kind of unrest is a symptom of a larger issue. And so what I want to do is take you to a couple of texts. Ready? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 is where we're going to go, okay? But Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 is a quote from, write this down because this is not in your notes, okay? Psalms 95. Everybody say Psalms 95. Psalms 95 is this, what I'm about to read to you is a quote from Psalms 95. And it's also a quote from a story. The story is told in the book of Numbers chapter 13 through chapter 14. And so you have the story about Israel who came to a disobedient season in their lives. And here's what he says, and this is from Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not do what? harden your hearts watch it again today if you do what hear his voice you got to work with the preacher you got notes in front of you come on work with the preacher you ready verse seven here we go therefore as the holy spirit says today if you will do what hear here you go church his voice do not do what harden your hearts as in the rebellion what rebellion well watch this on the day of testing in the wilderness oh the, the wilderness experience yeah that's talked about in numbers chapter 13 through 14. Here's what happened in verse 9. When your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. How long did they say it? 40 years. For therefore I was provoked. You provoked me with that generation and said, they always go astray. Oh, man. They're always going astray in their heart. They have not known my ways as I swore in my wrath. Listen to this now. Read this all out loud with me, please. They shall what? Not enter my rest. Read it out loud. They shall what? not enter my rest here's what he's saying look at the preacher for a minute you're not going to have my best you may have a life you may have some you may exist but the best that i have the absolute utmost best that i have you're not going to get it you're never going to get that level of rest never it's impossible for you at this season of your life to have that level of rest it's impossible that being said, let me list again the five things he says. First of all, he describes rebellious people this way. They harden. They don't listen. They don't listen to mature voices. Who do you listen to? You know, one of the great <laughs> dreams of America is independence. I am now grown. I can do what I want to do. I'm free. I am now 18. Oh, yes, I am a man, a woman. woman. You see it in college, you know, it's just like, it's it's just, and I don't, your kids go to college, they have these meetings, you know, you go to this orientation, it's really amazing. Um, I remember Rick went to George Southern and had orientation and they, you know, they they have a a parent session where they kind of tell you in front of your children, your your kids, your grown, grown people in your life, they tell you what you can't do, like don't come to the college without calling first. Uh, remember that Wasn't that great uh, you should, you should call first and and you can't see their grades without their permission and all this stuff and I just I just leaned over I said do you want to eat? <laughs> I did. That was wrong. It was wicked. It was wicked. Very bad. Bad 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 preacher man. <laughs> I, I don't I don't you know I I didn't I, I was you know being told my place. Fair though. I get it you got to let the transition happen. I get it. And we worked it out. But here's what's true. You've you got to be careful when you dream to get to a place where no one has input in your life. That's a dangerous place to be, especially in the land of crocodiles and snakes. You need somebody who's been bitten to tell you, watch out over there. And so you got to be fair as a parent. I learned that. You've got to be fair. But there's something profound about what this text says. It says, if you are a rebellious person, you, you're, you don't listen to anybody. Number two, you harden your heart. You're just, you know, it's like real stubborn. Number three, rebellious people provoked, he said in the text, God to anger. <laughs> Man, number four, rebellious people always wander off and go astray. Always here, there, you know, I love when people come to me and and I'm I'm not, you know, they say, hey, I've been gone, Pastor. I said, where were you? I didn't know you left. What? You left? Because you're always here, you know, and there and kind of everywhere all the time. You only stay consistent for a minute. And then, number five, verbatim people never get to a place of rest. Or they never get to a place of God's full blessing. I wanted to have a marriage that had it all i mean we're not perfect and we don't always see everything eye to eye but but there is a level of fulfillment there's something about pastoring a church where they don't harass you i counsel guys all the time and they got this this is horrible it's like oh give me another job i couldn't do it i mean gee whiz deacons elders everybody's on your case you know just you know Terrible. One church I never will forget, the pastor's wife would back when they used to charge you for all the phone calls, they would sit down with her every month and go through the phone calls and anything that wasn't church related, they made her pay. What is that? What is that? You can have the church annual phone. What is that? Why 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 am I breathe, preacher? It's tough to live beneath your dream. And if you're honest, you'd say, this isn't the dream. I want God's full blessing. I want the rest he promised. He said it. Why don't I have it? That's the question. Why don't I have it in my life? And so there's a linkage, he says, to uh, my unrest. And there are seven things I close with, seven ways to help you identify whether rebellion is at the root of it. Seven key thoughts. You ready? Chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 1, through about verse 16. Let me run through these quickly and show you these seven things, and maybe you can look at them and think about it. The first thing you want to look for is look at what you believe. Can you say something, please? Come on. Look at what you believe. Join the preacher. Say it again. Come on. Look at what you believe. Start with your belief system. And And again, if you're trying to figure out, am I rebellious? Am I the kind of person who's always pushing against God? Am I always... Well, look at what you believe and compare what you believe to what, what he says. And if you're really honest, you don't always have faith in what you're told. So you have your own belief system, which is okay, but I'm just simply saying that could be at the, at the root of it. And here's what he told them in, in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering into his rest still stands, let us fear at least any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news, verse 2, came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Talking about Israel. Because they did not, what? They were not united by what? Faith. In other words, we told them they didn't believe. He told them, you know, you guys should, you know, go to the promised land, take over. They didn't believe him, so they didn't go. Verse verse 3. For we who have believed enter the rest. That's the difference. People who believe, they enter the rest. He says, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. God got it already from the foundation of the world decided. These people go in, these people don't. Now, here's the, here's the difference. If you don't believe me, if you follow your own way, he says, well, okay, you, you get your own rest. You find it your own way. Sleep all around, date everybody you want, go, I mean, do it, get drunk, whatever, just smoke it. There you go. Smoke it up. See if that works. How is it working for you? This is about you for a moment saying, okay, let's have a conversation and test ourselves and first look at what we believe. If I don't believe him, then I'm lying to myself. And that's one of the hardest things to face about yourself. It's hard to look at God and say, I don't believe anything you said. Giving is not for me. I am not giving the tithe, the, oh, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not going to be kind, I'm going to hate my enemies, I'm going to do what I want to do. And if that's your belief system, you've got to start with that. Do me a favor. Get your hands out like this, come on, come, get your hands out, hand signals, ready, come on. Come so on, say, the truth. The, truth. the truth. I need the truth. See, you need the truth, the truth about yourself, the truth about what you believe, and here's how you know you're rebelling against what he said. You don't believe him. And how do you know you don't? Because you don't do it. And then you might say, oh, no, I'm weak. I get that. But at some point, it's more than that word weakness. It's simply a matter of conviction. Here's how you know if, you're, if you believe in cleaning up. Look around your house. There you go. Bam. That's the revelation. <laughs> I don't believe in it. I don't believe it. I mean, you can lie. And you know, we always tell lies. You know, people come to your house, go, oh, boy, excuse me. I'm sorry. I can't believe these kids. The kids are going, it's always like this. They know you're lying. It's not true. You know, it's not the truth. You know, the truth is I don't agree. I don't agree, God. I don't agree with that. I don't I, I want to smack him. I don't want to forgive him. I, I, I don't agree. That's a good starting place. I had this girl, man, it's so funny. kind of in high school. She, she said, she, I don't know what was wrong. She just, but we were talking about something, right? And she just stood up in class and says, I like sex, period. And she just said it. Sorry for you mad. Anyway, but that's what she said. I thought, well, that's terrible. Wow, you just said that like that. Just everybody. And it's like you got quiet today. Everybody got quiet. (laughs) And I didn't know whether to pray for witness to her, share Jesus. I was confused myself. I was about 16. But she just got up and she said, but here's, you know what I believe? God can work with that girl. Because some of y'all ain't going to say it. Okay, hallelujah. Time to look holy. There you go. You like fornication? You do. Your kids heard this before. Stop saying I ain't come back to that church. Your kids know more than that. I'm telling you the truth. That we, can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. All you got to do is go to elementary school and teach for two seconds, and you hear all kind of stuff. Yes. The issue is, are you telling the truth to yourself? What do you believe? That's where I start. Because, God, if I I look at what I do, if I look at my choices, if I look at the things I say, I don't agree with you. And could it be that this unrest in my life is because you can't even get me past first base? I disagree with you. Most people who date do not agree with God when it comes to dating boundaries. You do not agree. That's a good start. That's why you have to tell people, no, I can't come over to your house because uh, I know myself. And the last time I came over there, we did not read the Bible, so I don't need to come back because there ain't going to be no Bible reading if I come over there. I, don't, I can't even remember what Genesis is. If I come to your house, I don't even know how to open the Bible. My brain seeps, seeps out, and I can't think. Come on, say, that's the truth. Come on. Truth. Say it again. Come on. That's the, that's the truth. truth. One more time, real loud. That's, the truth. that's where you start. You start with the truth. You look in the mirror, and you say, that's me. I'm rebelling because I don't agree with that. And if there's something odd, there's something about that that just changes everything when you can say, God, you know, I think I get it. Number two, you ready? To watch this. Watch what you believe. And then number two, look at your schedule. I, I find it fascinating that he, he said this in verse four. He talked about the seventh day. Why would he bring this up when talking about rest? Listen to what he said in verse four. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day. In this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Seventh day. The seventh day he rested from all his work. He he said, let me show you how to live your life. Most of us rebel against us. We do not have a balanced rest life. Our lives are out of sync. And here's here's what I want you to think about. That's a sign of rebellion. Because you are working at a pace that's not healthy for you and you know it. So here's the question. So why am I doing what I know I shouldn't do? Why am I I not paying attention to balance? Some people take the Sabbath and make it all about a church service. And I love my seven-day friends. I really do. And they're good friends, and I love them. But my view, theologically, is it's not just about Saturday worship. It's not about that. It's more than that. It's about ceasing. On the seventh day, he stopped. Because the guys who go to church on Saturday are still working. I have a Saturday service, and it's not off to me. It's not about, it's more than a church service. It's about me having a balanced life. And sometimes when you look at your life, you look at your schedule, it's a sign of rebellion. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm killing myself. In the name of some cause. Number three, watch this. Look at your level of fatigue. Verse five, and again, in this message he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it. And those who formally receive the good news fail to enter because of what? Big word. Disobedience. I can look at your level of fatigue and tell you if you're in rebellion. I look at myself sometimes and say, Temple, you, you just can't do all that. And then, number four, I look at not only my, my fatigue level, I look at my response time. How long does it take me to respond? If you look at verse 7... This is great. Again, he he appoints a certain day. Today, everybody say today. today. Saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. If you hear his voice, do not do what? Harden your heart. It's about response time. How long does it take you? A day, a week, a month, a year? How long does it take you? How long does it take you to get from here to there? How long does it take you? Okay, so God spoke to you how long ago? You've been praying for so long, and now it's been a month, a year, four years, ten years. How long? And why is it taking so long? It, could it be that I am in rebellion? If I look at my response time. Number five, look at your failure rate. Boy, that's hard. Watch this. Let, verse 11, let us therefore, chapter 4 of, of Hebrews, let us therefore strive to enter the, that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience that they had. My failure rate says a lot. I always tell people when you deal with people and you're dating, right, single people, I say, never start with the story. Always get the details first on the front end. Tell me you're unemployed first. Good, okay, let's start there. Good. Now tell me what happened. Tell me you have no money first to pay for the meal before we order the meal. Tell me that first. <laughs> before, before we order. So we know if you're ordering super or steak. I need to know what we're doing, Okay. <laughs> Tell me the failure first, then the story. Because if you tell me the story, you know what I'm saying? I need to know. I need to know. And so there's something about candor and honesty and upfront analysis. I, I I've had I've had moments in my life when it didn't go well. And and there's, there's and instead of dreaming up an excuse, I want to make sure I look at that failure and say, hmm. Is that because I'm rebellious? Did that happen because I did not listen to something that I knew? And if I could just be really candid with myself and really honest, I failed that class because I fill in the blanks. Hung out with some friends, didn't do a reading assignment, whatever. Why, did I, why am I here? Let's get honest. What happened to my marriage? What, what caused this? let not not blame the person for a minute. I always know when you, can't, you, you see zero that you did wrong, you did a lot more wrong. If you're, if you're a summation, when a person comes to me, so if you ever come to me for counseling, always remember this. He's going to ask me, what did you do? And then I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to give you a hint. Ready? He's had a free counseling for me. Okay? I'm going to say, tell me what she would say in her own words. Not you. What would he say? The person who fired you, what would their side be? I didn't ask you, you know, what would their side be? There's something about having the ability to flip it and look at the failure rate. That's why a FICO score is profoundly interesting. Not always fair, not always true, not always insightful. I understand there are factors that aren't in there. You got sick, medical trouble. I understand things happen, divorce. I understand it's not always clear in the numbers. But if you have a out of an 850 score, if you have two <laughs> or ten. That says you don't pay people. That's a revelation. Why do you have such a high failure rate? Why is it so low? And, you know, don't get, don't some. Like, oh, he had to break up the faculty. I want to go to church. I don't want to hear that. Because I know it's ter- if it's terrible, it's horrible. If it's great, you know, you feel, hey, talk about it. But if it's two, you go, oh, God, please, please, go off that. And I understand. But here's what you need to do. Stop for a second feeling bad. Put that on the side because that doesn't help. That doesn't pay. Stop for a second and say. Why am I having this much failure? Why am I getting fired from every job? Why, is, why am, is every relationship last two weeks and then it's over? Why, 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 why? At some point, if you can pause and say, I am broke every two days. Why? Are you give me $1,000 and I'm broke in two days. Why? No matter what teacher I have, it's always the teacher's fault. They want all this work. I can't believe. Well, why? I mean, you you had the same problem in high school. Is the issue, is the issue, you're rebelling. At every level, it's not about somebody else. It's that my belief system is wrong. My belief system leads me to this place every single time. You can join any church you want. You like me right now and good praise the lord i'm glad i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you said yeah because ain't nobody said anything you're the only one says something thank you god bless you amen i'm doing all right i'm gonna keep on preaching now <laughs> the second part of what i'm about to say though sometimes people you know they like you then they just stop liking you i got people who stop liking me i don't even know why I don't know why they like me, why they stop liking me. I don't have a clue. It's just all of a sudden, you know. And so there are moments in life when you have to back up the train a little bit. Just back it up just a little bit. And say, is there a reason that everybody I interact with up close stops liking me? I had a friend who said something, but it was, it was profound. He was telling the truth. He said, you, you, you'll like me as long as you don't work for me. He said, if you work for me, you wouldn't like me. He was telling the truth, too. He was awful. He liked beating up on people. He liked fighting. He enjoyed it. Took sport in it. And it was a weakness in his life. He was continuing. He's a great person, but God knows he loves to pick on people. And there's something healthy about noting your bad habits that this kind of consistent failure in all these areas is linked to me being rebellious. Number six, maybe the issue is my thoughts and my intentions. I love verse 12. Verse 12 of, of chapter 4 of Hebrews. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into, to, into the division of soul and of spirit and of the joints and marrow. Pause for a second. It also discerns the what? Thoughts and intents of the heart. Do you know why a lot of people don't like Bible study and they don't like, they don't like to get in the Word? And why they want me to preach fast and, and excite you a lot? Because this is piercing. This is surgery. But if I start speeding up, mm-hmm, and I start you to know the Word of God is a powerful Word. Yes, it is. It'll get down to the marrow of your bone. Yeah! And, I, and, I, and you're yelling at me, but you ain't listening. I don't want to, I mean, I'm, that's, that's, there's a time for that. That's, that's good. That's, there's a time for that, but there's a time for you and the Holy Spirit to sit down and you need to be quiet and let's talk about your attitude. Let's pull out your checkbook and weep. Let's pull out your checkbook and weep. <laughs> let's look at your life for real. Let's talk, about, let's talk about your credit score. Let's talk about your, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about how you're keeping your life. Let's talk about always late. Let's talk about your life. See, that's called surgery. See, and that's, here's what he said. He said, the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, piercing to the division of your soul and your spirit. It gets down to the spiritual issues in your life, those soul issues in your life, the way you think, soul, is your intellect, your emotions, and your will. The, when, when the word of God gets into your life, it cuts out your, well, let me show you your will. Let me show what you what you like to do. Let me show you how you think. Let me get your intellect. Let me get your, let me get, it gets down to the soul of your life. And then it, it, I love this, it discerns the thoughts and intentions of your heart. So here's what you need to do. If you want to know if you're rebellious, you got to look at your thoughts and your intentions. And if you're honest about your thoughts and your in- intentions. If you can say, in my mind, God, I rebel against of a sermon I hear. I rebel against 90% of it. I have no intention of doing any of that. That's a starting place. That's that's somebody like that girl who stood up in my class when I was in high school. You can start with her because she's honest. But church people, religious people hide because they're ashamed to be weak. They're taught that weakness is a sin. And so they fake, and sometimes they hide, and that's what non-Christian people see. I love seeing my members in in, in, in real life when they're not in church. That's wonderful. I go downtown. I like going downtown. I like going down there, walking around. I enjoy it. I have, I hang out with my girl. We go. My wife and I we go on dates, you know. And I see people down there. They don't know. They don't know I see them. I see members down there. Some sisters they down there, and they and they, they they man. And I know it's cold. She should put something on. It's cold. I said, girl. It's, freezing. It's two degrees outside and you ain't hardly got nothing on. And she's walking down. Bam, bam. I said, go, oh, girl. Walk it. Walk it. <laughs> Everybody. Walk, walk it, child. Walk it. And I just look at my member. Look at my member. Walking. She walking tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then, you know, it's so funny. When she be walking, she looks, oh, hey, Pastor Rick. Hey. Whoa. Pastor Rick. My favorite was my member who was cussing Now time. He was cussing. He was black belt cussing. Oh, boy, he could cuss. I didn't know he could cuss. They didn't learn that from me, but he can cuss good. And he was down there. He was cussing somebody. He was cussing, and he was just a cussing. I sat down. And I watched him. I said, oh, boy, you cussing good, man. He's cussing them out. And then in the middle of the cussing, he looked at Pastor ah, Pastor Rick. He's said, so oh, Pastor Rick. <laughs> I see y'all. I be seeing y'all. It's all good. It's all good. I ain't worried about it. What's funny is I walk upon y'all, y'all be drinking. Y'all be saying, hey, whoa, Pastor Rick, hey. <laughs> Under the table, put that glass in. And come to preaching. I just want to be real. <laughs> what are we faking for? Who are we faking for? Who are we trying to impress? Hopefully not me. You want to know the true thoughts and intentions of your life and heart. You want to know the truth about you. That's a starting place. Because then I can say, God, okay, am I rebelling against you? Or am I saying what you say? Am I confessing what you confess? Here's what he said in number four, verse 14. Look at, look at your lifestyle confessions. What, what are you consistently saying? Since then, we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, verse 14. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Confessions. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But was, but one who is every, in every respect, I love this, in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He, he models how to do it right. Let us then with confidence, not with shame with confidence draw near to the throne of grace why that we may receive mercy mercy not judgment and find grace to help in time of need god's going to help you more if you're willing to let him in you've got to say hey it's okay i can bring my brokenness my disagreements to god i don't understand this i don't understand that you can say it email the preacher email me and say hey pastor i got some questions I got some things I'm wondering about. I'm not sure. God's not afraid of you. But he's trying to get you to say what he says. He doesn't want you to rebel against him. He's simply trying to help you. Some people get confused between coaching and criticism. He's trying to coach you to a better place. Father, help us today. Leave this place clear. It's 36 minutes of talk. Hopefully it helped us find our way to a better place. A place where we're not lost. A place where we're not. Oh God, so angry that we can't see. I pray that every word that we've said will live in the hearts of your people today. And it's time for us to plan a new dream. It's time for us to start next month, next week, planning a new dream, dreaming with a plan, saying, okay, we get it. I can't get to where I want to be thinking the way I'm thinking, making the choices I'm making. So let me make a new plan. So I'm going to look at my schedule. I'm going to look at my calendar. And I'm going to go every week, I'm going to put something in here to change this. And I'm going to make one change a week. That's 52 changes a year. Wow. I'm going to make one commitment every single day. To think about my plan. Pray over my plan. So, God, I give you the praise and the glory and the honor. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor Rick, you know what you said today spoke to me? I heard you, and I want you to pray for me because what you said made me think about my walk with God, and I realize that I'm not walking with God, not really. You may be a good person, but you have not been walking with him. What I've said helped you see that. You've been in rebellion. You say, I didn't know I was, but would you pray for me? If you want me to pray for you, would you just raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I see one. Do I see two? Do I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. I see more people. Thank you. I see more people. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I see you. Seventeen, eighteen. Thank you. Would you all stand as we pray and go go home today? Father, today we've heard a sobering word that inspired us to think about our future. I pray that what we've heard has lifted our hearts and minds to a new place. Jesus died on the cross to to forgive us of our sin. He came to free us. So would you pray this prayer? Say, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, pray with me. Say, Lord, in Jesus' name. I come thanking you for your forgiveness. For a chance to start over again. Give me guidance. Show me how. I thank you for dying on the cross and sacrificing yourself for me. Help me plan a future. In Jesus' name. Amen. I pray. Well, you've had a chance to look at your friends, think about what I've said. I pray that it inspired you to take a step back in your life and look at what you're doing. Are you connected with people that help you advance or are you connected with people that are slowing you down? Let me pray for you. I pray for you that you would let this prayer be the beginning of a new way of thinking. Father, let them think about their friendships again. I pray that you'd help them to build good friendships. They'll help them get to the goals they have in life and the things you desire for them. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, listen, it's been great. I've enjoyed being with you today. I'm a big believer in friendships. I have a lot of good friends, but I try to choose them carefully so that I can get to the goals I have in life. You be blessed. I'll see you next time right here. Hopefully in person, but if not, I'll see you next time right here. Bye-bye. Be blessed.